0: If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at give. Thank you for listening. But Joshua chapter 3, verse 7. The Word of God says, And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Everyone say, stand in the river. Yeah. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. Verse 10. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites. All these people that end with ites. Okay, Canaanites, Kidites, all those Verse 11, see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream, will be cut off. Everyone say cut off. And they will stand up in a heap. I'm going to read verse 13 one more time. I want you to catch what Joshua is instructing. As soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of the earth, as soon as they set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap let's pray father i come before your presence in this moment i thank you lord jesus for your word i thank you for being good i thank you for allowing us lord this privilege of receiving your word in our hearts i ask you lord that you would open my heart that you would open the heart of my brothers and my sisters that we can receive what you have to say to us today lord I ask you, Lord, for, uh, for understanding. I ask you, Lord, for those that have come with a broken heart, that their hearts may be mended. For those who have come with sorrow, Lord, for there to be joy. For those who have lost hope, that they can regain their hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Can someone say amen? You may be seated. We all want promotion. We all want to be promoted in life. We all want to go to the next level. But a lot of us, although we want the promotion, although we want that next level, although we want that in our lives, we we don't want the change that is associated with the promotion. And if, if you want to write this down, I think it's up on the screen. Promotion comes with change. You can't have one without the other. Your boss, imagine this, your boss at work comes and tells you, son, you're going to, I'm promoting you, I'm giving you a new position, it's double the responsibility, it, 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 it's, it, it's more, it's double the workload, it's more hours, it, 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 it's, it's a higher position, but you're going to get paid the same amount. I see some shaking heads. mm I'm not going to agree to that. In that case we we may want the promotion and we want the change that comes along with that, right? Because promotion comes with change. If I'm getting a promotion at work, if I'm being elevated in my position, if I'm going to have, because with a new position, there's going to be new responsibilities. And if I'm going to have new responsibilities at work, then I, there's going to be some kind of compensation that comes along with that. Or, or how about that, that they come and tell you, hey, you know what, uh, I, I'm giving you a raise, and, but there's nothing else you need to do. Well, we all take that, Right. We call that the yearly evaluation. But you won't get a raise if you're not doing something. Promotion comes with change. I I, I think that one of the things that... I don't have my phone with me, but every it's okay. Every year, there comes a new iPhone. Right? Every year, there comes a new... Uh, For those of you that are suffering with a Samsung, Android phone, Galaxy, or Note, you know. There comes a new one of those two, right? Every year. Every year. And we all want the upgrade. We all want the next level. We all want that. But for some reason... Though we want the promotion, though we want the upgrade. For me, one of the worst things when I decide to get an upgrade, I used to do this just about every year or every year until recently I've kind of realized that there are more important things in life. God is still working in me, okay? And the thing that I disliked the most was to actually get from the old to the new, there was something in between that needed to happen. And for me, usually that meant me walking into the the AT&T store and having to deal with the salespeople. Trying to sell me things that I didn't need. I may have wanted them, but I didn't need them. And you're stuck there for an hour, an hour and a half. And it's just such a long process to get from one phone to the next. But I endured because I felt like that was something that was going to be a benefit to me. And we all want these promotions. We all want these upgrades in life. We all want to go to the next level. We talk about our marriages. We all want a better marriage. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you are here in this moment in your marriage, and let's call it, you're in point A. But you want to get to the next level, and that's called point awesome. You can't keep doing what you're doing in point A and expect to get to point awesome. There's got to be a change in your marriage. There's got to be a change in the relationship. Some of you have a great relationship with God. But God is saying, hey, I need you to go to the next level But we can't stay in the same place doing the same things we do week in and week out and expect for our relationship with God to change by doing the same thing over and over. Some of you, I believe you guys are blessed. You have a great income. And God God wants to promote your income. Hardly anybody received that one some of you want to God wants to upgrade your income but see God is saying you know what I can give you more there is more for your life there is more in your finances but there are certain things that need to change in the way you manage your money for in, in order for me to be able to release that because if I release something that you're not ready for it can destroy you promotion Promotion comes with change. We need to transition from what we have been doing to what God wants to do next in our lives. We need to transition from something maybe that hasn't been working. And God is saying, hey, I got something better for you. I've got a, a, a next level for you. I got something new that I want to do in your life. And that hasn't been working, but I've got something. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose that will work. But you need to transition from one place to the next. We, we need to transition. Listen, we need to transition from trusting ourselves in the process to trusting God. With the process that he wants to bring us through. Because if I'm going to go to that next level, if I'm going to have that change in my life, if I am going to transition from one place to the next, if I'm going to be elevated in my marriage, there are some things that I need to relinquish There is some control that I need to let go of. And there is some forgiveness I need to release to my spouse. And there is some forgiveness I need to ask of my spouse in order for my my relationship with my wife or my husband to go from point A to point awesome. I, I mean, I truly, truly need to forgive. I truly need to ask for forgiveness Maybe God has called you, and you feel that God has called you for a specific purpose. You feel that God has called you to serve Him at a higher level, and not just you, but your family and everyone that is associated with you, but you get frustrated because you're trying to understand or you're trying to figure out how God can do what He wants to do in your life in the same situation you're in. And God is saying, you can't stay in the same place at some moment, at some time. There's got to be a change in order to receive the promotion. You haven't relinquished control to him. And when I say control, I I mean control. I mean complete control. Maybe he's asking you to move. So that you can be in a better position to serve. Maybe he's asking you to be more consistent in your serving. Maybe he's asking you to be more consistent in your giving. Maybe he's just saying, hey, show up on Sundays. I want to do something in your life. I need you to show up. Maybe God is asking you to move from something that's died. Because Some of us, we, we stick around relationships that are dead. We stick around in jobs that no longer offer opportunities. We, we stick around in places that there is no opportunity for growth anymore. And God has been telling us, hey, it's time for a change in your life. It's time to cut out the dead weight. It's time to get rid of those things that are holding you down. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a place. And because we already know that. We already know the situation. We already know how to manage that. And the known is better than the unknown in our, in our minds. I mean, we know how to do the job, but... If I go to a different job, yeah, there might be opportunity, but I have to relearn some things, and, I, and I'm not going to know the people there. Uh, maybe it's a relationship that is just sapping your energy, and, and there's all this negativity in your life, but you've known them for years. They've been your friends, and you call them your best buddies, and, and God is saying it's time for you to let go of that and to move forward. Maybe it's a place, and you know that place well. It's been good to you in the past. God says there's no more opportunity there for you. It's time for you to transition. It's time for you to move. We hang on because our desire to control what we do have is so much greater than our willingness to endure the process of going to the AT&T store to get the upgrade. I don't want to endure. You can write this down as well. We can have change or we can have control we can't have both. We can't have both. We, we all come to church and we declare, Jesus, you are my Lord. How many have said that with your lips? You are my Lord. When you were baptized, if I baptized you, I asked you, do you confess that Jesus Christ is your Lord? Amen. Well, upon that confession, I baptize you. We confess that Jesus... But do you know what Lord means? Do you know what the word Lord actually means? Lord doesn't mean Savior. Lord doesn't mean healer. Lord doesn't even mean love. Lord means a ruler. Lord means a person of authority. A person that can control Lord means controller. See, in order for Jesus to be Lord of my life, it means that I need to allow Jesus to be the controller of my life. If if I'm ever going to receive the change that god wants for my life then i need to allow for god to control my life if i'm ever gonna receive all that jesus has for my, come on somebody if i'm ever gonna receive all the blessings that jesus has for my family for my wife for my sons for our church then i need to allow god to control my life because he's lord And that's where the problem lies. We like to have control. I love God, but I don't know if I can trust him enough to relinquish control in my life. The passage we just read in Joshua chapter 3. I'm going to give you a little context because I want you to understand what we're reading. And, And I've preached from this uh, before in this chapter uh, but this is a little bit different what i'm speaking on today uh, the, the, the people of israel this is god's these are god's chosen people these are these are the people that god said you can, will come out from them and i will be your god and i will you will be my people i will care for you i will provide for you and and now the people of israel are at a point where god promised them that he would give them a land that he would give them an inheritance He he said, I will give you a land that is flowing milk and honey. In other words, this land is going to have so much to give to you that it flows. Your children's children's children will benefit from this for generations to come because this is a blessing that I'm giving you. But in in order for you to receive the inheritance in order for you to receive the promise that I am giving you there will come the moment when you need to cross over into the land there's a moment where you need to transition from where you are to where you need to be And that's where we find the people of Israel. They are at the border of the promised land. The Jordan separated them. The Jordan River separated them from the promise that God was giving them. Here the people are before God. They they, they are ready to take the land. But see, there's a problem. They don't live in our times. There's no bridges. There are no ferries. Like when you go to Disney World and you go to Disney World in Florida and you get on a ferry to get to Magic Mountain, or not Magic Mountain, to Magic Kingdom. There was no ferries to carry two million people over the Jordan into the promised land. God says, but you have to cross over. You're going to have to get from that point to the point where I need you to be and I wonder how many of us are like that in our lives we are standing before the promise that God wants to give us and he's saying I just need you to take a step and I need you to cross over into the promise I need you to transition into what I have for you I need for you to walk into the thing that I'm giving you And we find ourselves staring the promise. And I wonder how many of us are like that. We're right in the precipice of what God wants to give us. We've seen God move in our lives. I think all of us can stand up here and say, you know what, God has done this for my life. He has moved in my life. He has done a miracle. I've seen how God has moved. I've seen how his hand has healed. I've heard stories about what God is able to do. And I've heard about how he's done it before. And here's the people of Israel. Wait, Joshua, can you repeat what you said, Joshua? Well, the Lord says that you're going to send the priest and the priest with the ark and they're going to get to the Jordan River and they're going to have to step into the river. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You mean we're going to have to step into the river while there's still, there's still water? When you step into the river, that when wet, your feet get wet, that is when the water is going to stop flowing and it's going to pile up on some heaps on the side. Wait a minute, Joshua. Maybe you're getting a little old, but don't you remember how God did it before? See, because I remember, I wasn't there, but my, my, my parents told me, and I've read it in the stories that when God parted the Red Sea, what Moses did was that he just lifted his hand up with the staff and that God parted the sea and that the people crossed over in dry land. But you're telling us now that we're going to have to get our feet wet? Tell your neighbor, you got to get your feet wet. Got to get your feet wet, man. I don't know, Joshua, because that doesn't sound like what God has done before. That doesn't sound like what God will do. God can do the impossible. God can, can actually make us walk on dry land. Well, this is what God is asking you to do now. God is asking you to step into the river. And when you step into the river, then the waters will part. Not before. They they received different instructions than what they had heard before. I don't know, Joshua. If I get into the water, what if nothing happens? What if the current is so strong and I get swept? I don't even know how to swim. I may drown. I may look, what if God, God, I, I think that I hear what you're saying, Joshua. Pastor, I think I hear that you're telling me that I should do a, a small group at my home. But what if, what if nobody shows up? What if I get in the water and I'm embarrassed and everyone's looking at me because the water didn't stop flowing and maybe I didn't pray enough. Maybe I didn't fast. Uh, and I, what if and what if and what if? What if I forgive my spouse and nothing changes? What if I change jobs and it doesn't go well? What if I move to be closer to your house, God, and things don't just, they just don't go well? What if I, I, what if I, I go and, and I, that's not what I saw my parents do? Yeah, they're fighting all the time and they were on the brink of divorce and they're on the brink of, of disaster. But, but I, that's how they did it. That's what I learned. And you're telling me I got I to forgive. I got to let go. I got to get my feet wet. Man, these are good shoes. These are good shoes. They cost a lot. I mean, where I live now, it's not bad. Even though it doesn't put me in the best position to be effective in in the ministry. Uh, My job is okay, even though it doesn't give me enough time to be with my family and to serve my church family. I I don't think that word is for me. Joshua, you know what? I don't think that's for me. I think I'll I'll hold back and I'll see what happens. See some people may say wait a minute pastor. That says what you just read verse 7. Now, verse 8 says tell the priest. I, I'm not a priest. That's my out. I'm not a priest. You're the priest. You're the pastor. You go first and we'll see what happens. Because this letting, uh, letting go and letting God and getting my feet wet, that's for the priest. That's for the pastor. That's not for normal folk like me. Well, first of all, I thank God that I'm not normal. I thank God that he has called me to be different. I thank God that God has called me to walk out in faith. I thank God that I'm not normal like the rest of the world. That I don't look like the rest of the world. But I do have some news for you, church. This is not just for priests. This is not just for pastors. First Peter chapter 2 verse nine, 9 says, You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priest. Everyone say priesthood. You are a holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you to get your feet wet. I changed it a little bit right there. He called you for a purpose. The Bible says that you and I, when we come into the family of God, when we become a part of the family of of God, we are no longer normal people. We are called to be separate. We are called to be carriers of the word. We are called to be ministers unto uh, one another. And we are called to be priests. A royal priesthood. I I think it's important too to note a difference. Because in the Red Sea and in the Jordan, there was a couple differences. One, in the Red Sea, as I said, he he pulled out his hand. he, uh, He stretched out his hand. And the waters parted. And in the Jordan, they needed to step into the water and get their feet wet. When Moses and the people of Israel before the Red Sea, here's the difference. I need you to understand this. When Moses and the people of Israel were at the Red Sea, there was an army behind them. The Bible says that the Egyptians were out to get the slave they had just lost. And they were forced to move forward. The difference is that now they're at the Jordan. Jordan. And if they turn their backs to look what's going behind them, there's nothing there. All they have is either go back or make a decision to move forward. All they had that was incentivizing them to get their feet wet, to cross the Jordan, to go into the promise that God was giving them, it was only the word of God. See how I pray that our church would be a church full of people that aren't incentivized because they're being forced to move into a new level in their life. But I pray that we can be a church that we make the decision of our own accord because we have believed the report of the Lord, that there is a greater promise for us, that there is a greater thing for us when we trust God. I don't need to wait for a doctor's report for me to start believing in miracles. I don't need to wait for me to lose my job to start believing that God is my provider. I don't need to wait for my marriage to be on the rocks for me to believe that God can heal my relationship. All I need is the promise of God that he has given me in my life, that he, can, he is better and that he can do immeasurably more than what I can ask or imagine. That's all I need. All I need is a word from God. All I need is the promises of the Lord in my life. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Everyone say, All your ways. Submit to Him. He will make your path straight. We are at a point in society and in our lives and and in church that sometimes we don't want to take a risk for God. We're not willing to do it anymore. God says, get your feet wet. It's time for you to move into these deeper waters. We're like, I don't know, God. I, I, got, I got things that I'm, I have plans for my life. You know what, Lord? I, I'll tell you what. I will do it if you give me a seven-step plan. I, I need a three-step. I need five. I need ten steps. I need to know exactly what. I have no problem in trusting you, but I need an outline of what's to come if I do what you're asking me. You see, Lord, I know you're calling me to move my family because I'm planning a church and I need to be close to the church. Uh, but I, I have a nice house. I have my my kids are good at the school. I know that you have a plan, but I need to see your. I need to see the seven steps, I need to know that this is this thing is going to work out. I need to know that people are going to show up on site. I need to know that. people... People are going to contribute. I need to know that people are going to be a part of the vision. Because if you, I'm just not willing to take that risk, God. And see, God doesn't work that way. He will always ask you to move in faith. Why do we need to have faith? God will ask you to move in faith because he wants you to know without a doubt He's the one that he, he doesn't want you saying dumb stuff like that was good luck, that was karma, it was my hard work. It, it, it's it, he, he, he wants you to understand that because you got your Feet went. He's the one that stopped the water from flowing, that allowed you to cross over into the promised land. And when you get to the promised land, all you can do is raise your hands and say, "Lord, I don't know how we did it. I don't know how we survived. But all I can, all I know is that it was God who was with me and who got me through." Joshua three ten says. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. And there are some of us here today that need to be reminded that God is with you. But you need to move in faith. We need to be a faith-filled church. He wants you to understand. He wants me to understand that he is my provider no one else. Yes, I have put some work in. But at the end of the day, if he hadn't given me the ability to do the work, nothing would have happened. Because besides that, how many of you guys seen people put in some hard work and they're not successful? Things fall apart. You got to have the favor of God over your life. You got to have God's hand leading you. It's not karma. It's not luck. It's not hard work, the reason that I'm here today. It is only by the grace of God. It is only the favor of God in my life. It's God. It's the God that opens doors that no man can shut. It's the God that parts the waters and allows me to cross through. It's the God who demonstrated the power in the resurrection the same. Power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that is working in your life to help you cross into that promised land. It's the same pro. It's the same power that will bring your marriage from death to life. It's the same power that will bring your relationships from death to life. It's the same power that will bring your finances from. It's the same power that will bring you from selfishness to selfless. It's the same power that will rid you of anxiety and give you peace. It's the same power that moves you from condemnation to salvation. And God says, you got to get your feet wet. Tell your neighbor, you got to get your feet wet. we were about to cross over, we're on the precipice. We are right. Can't you see it? Don't you feel it? Haven't you heard? Haven't you, haven't you heard the report? Haven't you read about it? Haven't you seen what God can do? If he did it once, he can do it again. And if he did it for you, he can do it for me. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. But you got to get your feet wet. Hallelujah. You got to move. You got to move towards the promise. I'm going to ask you to stand. You gotta move towards the promised land. We are all living in different circumstances. We are all living in different situations. Some of us were struggling in our marriages. Some of us are struggling in our relationship with God. Some of us are struggling with relationships at work. Some of us are struggling in our finances. Some of us are struggling. In our job places. Some of us are struggling with addictions. You keep falling into the same trap over and over. Some of us are constantly being accused by the enemy. You're not good enough. What makes you think that God can love you? What makes you think that you can be acceptable to God? I'm here to tell you today that if you are willing to get your feet wet, if you are willing to move towards the promises that God has made, God has said if you will call out to him, he could save you. The yes, yes. Bible says that if you will call out to me, I will show you great and wonderful things. And some of us, it's time for us to just move into that stage of our lives where we're calling out to God and saying, Lord, I am here. I am willing to get my feet wet. I am willing to take that step towards the promised land. Show me. Reveal to me. Give me a word. Give me a revelation. Let me understand what you're asking. I want to put aside my desires. I'm going to put aside my selfishness. I'm going to put aside shame because shame, shame doesn't come from God. Shame doesn't come from your Father in heaven. What comes from your Father in heaven is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever will believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So today I just, there's some people that need to get their feet wet today. I'm going to ask you to step forward into this altar and say, Lord, here I am. I need you. I need you.